Welcome to the Adult Puberty Podcast. I don't know about you, but navigating life as an adult can be just as uncertain, exciting, and full of growing pains as adolescence was. This podcast is all about self-development and growth in the areas of physical health, emotional stability, and spiritual maturity. We've got a lot to talk about. Let's do it. All right, welcome back to Adult Puberty. So today is another real talk. We got to talk. So I titled this episode, Bad Onions and the COVID Elephant That's in the Room. COVID has taken over our lives for the last two years, right? But we're in a really weird and and disturbing place. And we have been for a while where there's like this, you know, huge debate going on about anti-vaxxers and mandates. And there's um, a huge trucker convoy going on in Canada, which has sparked other convoys, excuse me, other convoys in the United States and other countries. Uh, to go against vaccine mandates, Al- along with, you know, other things related to uh, personal choice, personal medical freedom and things like that. But then also there is this, you know, this whole thing has kind of brought out the worst in humanity in terms of like, you know, those who are pro mandate, pro vaccine or you know, not sympathetic or empathetic to unvaxxed people who either get COVID or worse may die from COVID and somewhat gloating. And then on the other side, people who are anti-mandate, you know, pro-choice are gloating or laughing at those who took the vaccine and are injured or harmed, like they have like no empathy or sympathy for them, which again, either, either approach to me is just heartless. You know, it it just is heartless. Like I just don't have any other word for it, for it other than heartless. But at the same time, as it's bringing out the worst in humanity, it's also bringing about some good changes in terms of People in communities are uniting um, under a, a common thread of personal choice and freedom, you know, and, and it, it, it spans across, you know, gender, race, age, right? It, it's a, a true test of, I mean, a, a true showmanship of like what it means to be united as one, you know, for a, a common, um, a common issue, Right. And it's bringing out, you know, the the best in people at the same time. So it's really a, you know, a, a contradictory time. Right. Where it's like these horrible things are happening at the same time. These amazing things are happening. Right. And I guess, you know, you could say that that's just the you know, it's just life. Right. The, the state of the world that we're in. Uh, what's also happening is there is a a war against the truth, which is being disguised as a war on misinformation. And 
it's is really 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 unfortunate and you know while I have my opinions on this issue and I've been doing a lot of research on um, COVID and the COVID vaccine for well over uh, a year. You know, I am not here to assert my opinion or to influence yours or to even to, to even challenge, you know, whatever your stance is on it. I really am here to just say, Houston, we have a problem. And this is not about what side you're on. This is just to say that there is a a huge problem. It's unfortunate that you can't talk about it, right? Um, Many of you may already be familiar. There's this, you know, recent thing going on with uh, Joe Rogan where people are trying to get him canceled because he had Dr. Peter McCullough and I forgot the, oh, uh, Joseph Malone, Dr. Malone on there. Uh, talking about the COVID vaccine. And, you know, there have been two uh, scientists and doctors who've been very outspoken during this. Um, Dr. Malone actually got the vaccine. But anyway, there's this, this whole bunch of controversy around it about what it's called misinformation. So again, you know, part of why I said there's a war on truth that's being mislabeled as a war on misinformation. And I just something is it's just wrong like it's just wrong on so many levels and it's just it's bothering me you know and I just I have to talk about it because it's not cool you know it's it's not cool like my intent here is to unite not to divide not to debate just to unite and to to have us to take a step back to take all the emotion out of it and just just to just to look at, you know, some some facts or whatever. So I'll I'll start this by saying that I am I have an analytical brain, right? I am an analytical thinker by nature, right? And so what that means is that I take into consideration, you know, knowledge that I've gained, information and facts, and I take all of that I deconstruct things, tear them apart. I ask a bunch of questions, lay it all out there, taking into account those three things, knowledge, facts, information. And then I look at that and then I make a decision. The great thing about being analytical is that there's no emotion involved, which some might say the bad thing about being analytical is that there's no emotion involved, right? Um, Sometimes there's intuition, right? Where you kind of sometimes you get a little pinch and you think, you know, a certain thing or you may feel a certain thing. Right. But for all intents and purposes, you aren't emotionally tied to the problem or the outcome, which, you know, as an analytical thinker, I think depending on, you know, how complex the issue is, that actually is an asset. It's a good thing. Right. Let's just start there. Right. And I have a science background. Right. And that makes sense because I'm an analytical thinker. Right. I'm not an analytical thinker because I have a science background. I have a science background because I'm an analytical thinker. Right. Um, I got into to science and, and health because of the way that I think and solve problems and deconstruct problems. And so 
just a bit about my background. And this is not a flex because anybody who knows me knows that I don't care about this shit. Like it doesn't mean anything to me. Right. Um, But I'm just telling you this, not to say that I'm an expert, but to give you an, an, an idea and understanding of how I think and why I think the way that I think. Right. So I've always been a health and a science nerd. Right. Ever since I was a kid, I would, you know, trap and collect and dissect worms and bugs. And my mom bought me a, a telescope early on and I would make, you know, little slides and put them under the telescope. Um, in junior high, I was in a program called Keys, which was Keys to Excellence for Young Scholars, where we took um, classes at a community college in math and science. Um, in high school, I did internships uh, in hospitals, uh, in the, the pediatric ward mostly. Um, and then, you know, instead of going to regular summer camps, um, in high school, I did medical school camp at Neo UCOM, which was at the time called Northeastern Ohio university college of medicine. And that was actually really cool because we did rounds. Like we were, you know, doctors in training, So we did rounds, we had patients, we had to come up with diagnoses, we did, um, you know, operating on cadavers, we, you know, we had a a whole, you know, a whole like doctor, you know, in training schedule, right? I was a biology and pre-med major for undergrad, so I got my BS in biology. I wanted to be a doctor, thought I was going to be a doctor, And then, you know, when it came time to it, I realized that I just didn't have, you know, the oomph that I needed to endure another eight plus years of of schooling and training. And I just my heart wasn't in it the way that it should be um, when you're when you're going to become a doctor. So I uh, went to work with a pharmaceutical company that shall remain nameless. I worked there for 21 years 17 of those 21 years were in uh, the vaccine area. So vaccines in terms of operations, animal testing, um, and supply chain. I received my master's degree in microbiology with a concentration in infection control. And then last but not least, I'm a certified health coach. So again, that is not a flex just to get you to understand why I think the way that I think, right? And and so that you understand that to take the emotion out of it, right? And and to show you that I'm not looking at this from an emotional point of view initially. Now I have some very strong emotions, but initially this is not an emotional point of view, right? And so the reason why I bring those things up is because what's happening now in terms of not being able to have a conversation about what is not being able to have a debate, not, you know, not taking, you know, contradicting schools of thought, you know, together to come up with the best solution or to find out what the problem is, goes against everything that I've learned, experienced, been trained and taught to do in terms of, you know, the scientific world. And, and analyzing and solving problems. And so when I started to hear and see, you know, the level of censorship and, you know, things related to that, it was just crazy to me. And then there was like this whole thing of like, follow the science, follow the science. And it's like, yeah, but 
on the most basic level, people aren't doing science because science takes into consideration everything. I mean, just I mean, I remember being in college and we had, you know, you had experiments, right? And it was our job to poke holes in each other's experiments, meaning that you may have had a hypothesis. We look at the results. We look at your data. We look at your hypothesis and we say all the things that are wrong and you have to come back and improve it right or continue to study. Right. And and it's not like a a dig or a bad thing. It was just what is true. Right. What are we trying to get to? This is what we wanted. This is what we expected. But this is what we got. And based off of what we got, what conclusions can we come up? What can we you know, come to? And so just on a basic level, what's happening now is not anything that I have ever learned um, or experienced or been taught in the in the realm of science. So I'll, I'll say that and leave that there. The other thing is, you know, science changes. And so there, you know, people who are on the other side, like they keep changing things and they keep, you know, science, things change, right? You don't know everything, you you get new information and then, you know, things adjust, right? So what you know when science changes, but what also changes are lies. And I think that, you know, it's important that we realize the difference between new information and lies changing to support a narrative. So that's that, right? So, you know, there are these mandates being rolled out, right? People are being labeled as anti-vaxxers. People feel the need to, you know, <laughs> I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax as though it's like this curse word, right? And it's really sad, right? It's, it's really sad and it really, it, it bothers me where we are right now. Um, But one thing that I want to talk about, and I know I'm going to go over, so I apologize, is there are hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people who have been hurt or died as a result of the COVID vaccines. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm not saying that to alarm you. I'm not saying that to, to change your mind. I'm saying that as a matter of fact, And to bring that fact into the room and into the conversation. I'm also saying this because this is my way of supporting all those people who, you know, are trying to have your stories, you know, heard and are being met with indifference, who are being ridiculed, who are being ostracized, um, who are being dismissed, you know, by, by the medical community, you know. I'm doing this for those who are frustrated, who have been injured and who've been spending months and a lot of money on trying to figure out and find out why they are going through what they're going through or what exactly is the issue only, you know, to be (laughs) to be met with still no answers. Right. But still very much affected by it. I'm doing this for you to say that I hear you. I read your stories and I believe you. And, you know, I'm just one person, but I support you. I pray for resolution and healing for you. 
you know, there are men and women of all ages and races um, and children who have been harmed by this. That's happening. That is a fact. Right. And it's just really sad that they aren't being heard and that they're being labeled as anti-vaxxers when they got the vaccine or they're being labeled as liars because people believe that, you know, people are being harmed or, you know, having incidents of myocarditis is rare. These injuries are not rare. They're not rare. And so I just, you know, maybe you're someone who you don't know anybody who's been injured by it. You don't, you've not heard anybody and it is a mute point in your world. But in my world, in my circle, I know people and I know people who know people who have been injured severely by these vaccines. There are people all over the world in multiple countries who have been injured by this. And so, you know, the... The convoy in Canada, the protest in Australia, in Austria, in Ireland, all over the world. I support you. And in, in the words of the notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. And so I am always a fan of standing up for what you believe in and fighting for it. You know, freedom, freedom was not given to us by man. And so I completely understand and stand with you in the fight for it. And while some may not understand and may think that this is extreme, it's also a fight for you because right now it may not be bowling down your alley, but if and when it does, This fight is also for you. This stand is also for you. It it makes me wonder, too, because people are so adamant about not hearing the other side or not listening to difference of opinions or who are just very black and white on the issue. It makes me wonder if you ever see the movie 300 where the Spartans go against Xerxes for their freedom. You know, they all died mostly. But they fought for their freedom. Would you have been the one to say to bow down to King Leonidas to tell him to bow down to Xerxes or Rosa Parks, who just it wasn't a day for it, even though there was a whole society of people who believed in segregation and believed that black and white people should have different water fountains. It was an accepted way of life. Would you have told Rosa Parks to give a birth seat, you know, or Braveheart, even though he died saying freedom? (laughs) Would you have told him to bow down and give his freedom up? Because that was what people were doing then. And, you know, this may be extreme. Like I said, it really bothers me. It really does on on such a, a huge level. And so I just want to close with like this example, two examples. I don't understand how an an mRNA shot can be a one size fits all, even with the different dilutions and and things like that. Right. From age six months with their which is what they're trying to do now to 100. 
everybody take it. Everybody can't even eat peanuts, right? Everybody can't eat peanuts. So how is the mRNA shot? Everybody can take it. And peanuts is a naturally occurring food. mRNA, no matter how long or what they've been testing and da 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 is still new technology. Let's just say, you know how like when we get warnings about onions, like, oh, 10 people got sick in Illinois from what we believe are onions from this company, da 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 We tested them. It seems like they have E. coli. And this is the likely cause for the breakout of illness, right? Now, I'm sure those people ate different things. Those people have different chemistries in their bodies, but the likely cause they say are the onions. So what do they tell us to do? As a PSA, they say, check your onions, throw them out, return them to the store, don't eat them. Now let's just say you had and used these onions. You didn't get sick, right? You're like, "Mm, okay. But you have a huge dinner party coming up in which there are several dishes in which you use onions, right? Do you use these onions that they said made 10 people sick? Because you didn't get sick after all. So maybe those other 10 people, maybe they just had weak stomachs. Do you use the onions? Or do you err on the side of caution and say, I won't use these onions because I don't know how everybody else is going to react and I don't want to take the chance of anybody getting sick. Or do you say, F it, there's only 10 people and, you know, who knows? And how do they even know it was from the onions? They could have had like a hoagie or some sausage or something, right? And so simple analogy, but I hope you you feel what I'm saying, right? Is that there are many people who took that shot who are fine. And I thank God for that. But there are many people who took it and who are not fine. That's a problem. And we should be allowed to talk about it. And better yet, those who are, you know, much wiser and smarter than I am, the scientists and the doctors who've been talking about this, who regardless of what side you're on, they should be able to sit down in the room. And instead of, you know, being divided like political parties, have a common goal of trying to understand what the best course of action is. Right. To take the emotion out of it, to take the politics out of it and to care about, you know, what's best for people. And then lastly, I'll say that I know I keep saying this, but it really bothers me. Your intuition is just for you. I can't hear your intuition. I can't feel the, the you know, your gut punch, whether or not your intuition told you that this taking this was the best thing for you or whether your intuition tells you that it's not the best thing for you. When did it become okay to criticize and villainize people for following their intuition on what was best for them? I have read so many stories of people who took that shot who say, I did it against my gut. I did it against my intuition. I knew better. I knew that I didn't want to, but but I was forced to, right? Never underestimate your intuition and never let somebody make you feel some type of way for following it because it's there for a reason. All right, friends. I know this one was long, but I just had to get it out. Thank you for being here with me and uh, let me have some real talk with you. (laughs) 
Thanks for sharing your time and the space with me today. I hope you heard something in today's episode that made a difference in some way to your own personal journey through adult puberty. Until next time.